Mayfield takes a snap. That's going to do it from Pittsburgh, from Heinz Field. Sit back and watch and listen to this one inside a half minute, and the Browns will not have to snap the ball again. They will beat the Steelers in the opening round of the playoffs on a wonderful, wonderful wild card weekend. They knock off the Steelers 48-37. Kansas City, here we come. How about that? What a night here at Heinz Field. The Browns came out. They exploded early. The Steelers came back at them again. And then the Browns just hung in there, found a way, got back to what they do. And they got a touchdown and a couple of field goals. And they're on to the next round. What a night for Browns fans everywhere. The final score from Heinz Field, the Browns 48 and the Pittsburgh Steelers 37. The Browns get the Chiefs coming up next week in the next round of the NFL playoffs. Hey, what's going on? It's Matt Polis, and it's time for another episode of Meat Sauce for Tuesday, January the 12th, 2021. This is episode number 13. Welcome back. I'm going to jump right into sports again this week just because I feel like there's so much happening and there's so much to cover and it's a great time to be a sports fan. <laughs> so um, I'm going to start with uh, national championship game last night, Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. I want to first give a shout out to those Crimson Tide because clearly they were the better team last night. Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, holy cow, unreal. Like I knew they were really good and I had said on this show that they were so good this season, but be, to be able to see them live like that was, it was unreal. You know, I, I can't even blame the Ohio State defense. You know, they, they played the best they could, I felt like. You know, maybe maybe some of the play calls or whatever weren't uh, up to snuff or up to some people's expectations. But I think when you're playing, I mean, just watching Devontae Smith, just smooth. Like, I don't know. It, it, <clears throat> it was unreal. You know, it, and it was a bummer, you know, for the Buckeyes to lose Trey Sermon at the you know very beginning of the game, I think it was his first carry to go down with that injury. You know, Master Teague stepped up and did the best he could, but the guy hasn't played in several weeks, so it's like Trey Sermon kind of came out of nowhere. So he was a huge part of the game plan, and to not have him, I think, was really tough. Not that I think the game would have been different had Sermon been in the whole game. I think it would have been closer, but you know. I think he was such a huge part of the game plan that that had a trickle-down effect to where it affected the passing game. And, and the Buckeyes really offensively could never really get could never really get going or couldn't execute, you know, on third down, so on and so forth. So unfortunate, obviously, you know, but I, I think the better team the better team won last night. And I mean, I don't know. Alabama was legit this year, so I, I can't hate on it too much. Ohio State, great season. Obviously, a, a crazy season with COVID, with Big Ten canceling the season, then bringing the season back, having no time to make up any games, playing games with 20, 22 people on the COVID list. So it was a good season, you know, and I'm, I'm just glad. I think 
the the fact that the Buckeyes beat Clemson. I think I I take that for I will take that over just about anything else this season. Just <laughs> seeing Dabo Sweeney and seeing Trevor Lawrence just get destroyed. I, I I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Obviously, I, I would love for the Buckeyes to win a national championship, but if we're going to take something away from this season, the fact that they rolled over Clemson was pretty nice. So, and you know, the future is bright in Columbus. I think you know, looking at the next two incoming freshman classes of 2021 and 2022, there's some serious talent. Four, or five, a lot of five-star recruits. I know Marvin Harrison's son, Marvin Harrison Jr., is coming in as a wide receiver. It's just, it's, the future is bright for sure. So hopefully they can make some changes that they need to make, either on the coaching staff or whatever. Hopefully Ryan Day is staying. I'm assuming he is here for the long haul. So the future is bright for sure. Uh, Let's see, moving on now to the NFL uh, with my predictions last week for Wild Card Weekend, I went 5-1. and one. The only game I missed was the, the Rams versus the Seahawks. I had taken the Seahawks, but the Rams' defense is pretty legit. Seattle really couldn't get a ton going on offense. And, um, you know, they almost seemed, the Seahawks almost seemed one-dimensional. It was basically Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf, and that was about all they had. It felt like, you know, and, and I didn't, I wasn't like intently watching the whole game, so I'm sure I missed things throughout, but just watching the, the Rams defense control the Seahawks offense like that. A lot of people on Twitter were, were saying that the Rams have a Super Bowl caliber defense, so we'll see what happens, but that was the only game I missed. Uh, let's see, going through the games from the weekend, the Bills-Colts game was really good. I was happy to see the Bills come away with the win there. I think it's just great for for that fan base. You know, I feel similar as a Browns fan for what they've gone through. So happy to see the Bills there. Happy to see them moving on to the divisional round. Washington football team versus the Buccaneers. That game was decent as well. I mean, all the games were really good over the weekend. Uh, the the defense for Washington hung in there as long as they could, you know. But then the quarterback, the quarterback that filled in for Alex Smith, I think his name was Tyler Heineke, Hanky. He was really great, you know. Watching him step up in as a as a backup in a playoff game and do what he was able to do, you know. I think he was he was just in the XFL before they had to cancel their season because of COVID. So he had some gutsy runs <laughs> in that game. Um, but I think he he may have secured himself a backup job in the NFL after that performance, whether that's with Washington or another team down the road. But great performance by him. Uh, and then you had, let's see, the Ravens and Titans. That was also a good game. I, I just knew the Ravens weren't going to lose three straight times to the Titans. You know, the playoffs last year, the overtime game in the regular season this year, and then... Now I just I just didn't see it happening, and I felt like the Ravens were had kind of found their refound their identity again with the running game, and they've been pretty unstoppable with the run with Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. So I will be curious to see how Lamar does this this upcoming week, though, against uh, you know a much better defense in in Buffalo. So that'll be fun. And then let's see the Saints and the Bears. Where did the Bears' offense go? 
I, I've said here before, they were the most boring offense in the NFL. And then for three or four weeks, they shut me up. They were way better with Mitch Trubisky, but they just kind of disappeared. You know, the Saints look strong and healthy. You get Michael, Michael Thomas back. You got a healthy Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara. Defense is strong. I mean, they're they're going to be they're going to be a force. I think they're going to be hard to beat. And then you have the Browns Steelers game. What a game! I'm going to start here with uh, just to kind of catch you up to speed in case you in case you need it. Here is uh, a quote from. Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster about what he said about the Browns heading into the game. This Browns team is has a different vibe, a more successful vibe than what you've seen in the past from them? No, nah, I think they're still the same Browns team I play every year. I think they're nameless great faces. Um, yes, they have a couple good players on, on their team, but at the end of the day, like, we, I don't know, like, it's the Browns, it's the Browns. Um, and that's just- the Browns is the Browns. I think that's all. Uh, that's all we needed. Not that the team, not that the Browns even needed anything more to amp them up to play in their first playoff game since 2002. But that certainly it helped the fan base. Definitely fired up the fan base, and it fired up the players too. You saw on game day. You know, leading up to the game, I know Baker Mayfield posted like a hype video and the caption was, the Browns is the Browns. So, thank you, Juju. Appreciate you. You know, it's it's crazy. The Browns were down their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, and then I think three or four other coaches due to COVID. And what a what a performance by the whole organization. Just unreal. All week... Not making, excuse, not making excuses, not asking the NFL to postpone the game. They just took it as it was. Kevin Stefanski, calm as heck all week, saying this, this is just, this is what it is. We have to, we have to adapt, and we have to be, have to be ready to go. Nobody cares, you know. So, I, unbelievable by the whole organization to, to get through this week. I mean, they only practiced, I believe, Friday and Saturday. That was it. And then the week before that, they'd only practiced like one time. So to have such limited practice over the last two weeks to come in Sunday night and put on the performance that they did, you know, and and I think a lot of it started with that first play from scrimmage when Marquise Pouncey hiked the ball over, over Ben Roethlisberger's head. And then the Browns wound up in the end zone in the first like seven seconds. And then, you know, Ben threw four picks overall for the night. So, and, and the Browns capitalized. They did exactly what they needed to do. You know, they they turned those turnovers into points. And, you know, before you knew it, it was 28 to nothing, and it was still in the first quarter. So, just just unreal by the whole Browns organization. I just, I, as I'm sitting here thinking more about it, you know, I planned out what I was going to say here. But as I just sit here and think more, it's like, man, they, from top to bottom, from Andrew Barry all the way down to, you know, the equipment guys. I mean, just an unreal performance by an entire organization to deal with what they've been dealing with. In the actual game, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, they were on a mission, as always. You know, Nick Chubb seems to be back. Seems like for a few weeks there he was 
kind of, I don't know, not, not, not that he wasn't running hard, just kind of dancing around, trying to do too much as opposed to just run down the field and run right at them. I felt like he started to do that a little bit more uh, this week. Still with his cutbacks. I mean, he's so good with that cutback to go to the opposite side of the field. I mean, it. he's got quick feet, and to see him just to start to drive right down the field as opposed to trying to do too much was nice. Cream Hunt, just a, he's a maniac. He, he runs like a maniac. I love it. So they were on a mission. The offensive line really stepped up. You know, having Joel Batonio out with COVID, he's the longest tenured Brown. I think he's been there since 2014. To have him have our first playoff game and he has COVID and can't play. I mean, it sucks, you know, and Michael Dunn, I think they may have signed him like literally the week before, stepped in and didn't miss a beat. He was fantastic. I mean, you didn't even hear his name really called all night as far as messing up or doing anything really wrong. So, you know, and then Jack Conklin, the starting right guard, sorry, starting right tackle, goes out with a hamstring injury, and Kendall Lamb comes in and and takes care of of TJ Watt. You know, it took Kendall a a few snaps, I think, to kind of get comfortable there, but he really, really handled, really handled TJ Watt there. Just a masterful performance by the offensive line with being so thin and having literally no depth at all. If any other guy had gotten hurt during that game, I don't even know what who would have been playing <laughs> in the offensive line. So, uh, and then Baker Mayfield, he was on one. Great game for him. You know, his growth since the bye week has been unbelievable. I think he's better than rookie Baker right now. He's a lot smarter with the football. He's staying in the pocket. He's stepping up in the pocket and throwing. You know, I, I know at the beginning of the season, he was always looking for a quick out. You know, it felt like as soon as pressure started to happen, he was already looking how to get out of the pocket. But now he's staying in the pocket, stepping up in the pocket and throwing. And then if he has to scramble, he's not afraid to run. And it felt like at the beginning of the season, he was afraid to run. So, I mean, he's he's extended some drives by his runs. I know he had one during the Steelers game specifically that... I mean, he took kind of a hard shot. He dove for the first down. I mean, it's just that kind of performance is what we need out of him. And then he's just throwing darts all over the field. You know, he's still having his occasional overthrows or just throwing the ball too hard and the the receivers can't catch it. But overall, I mean, great performance by him in his first, first playoff game. And then you have Mr. Reliable, Jarvis Landry. I mean, that guy on the field, off the field, just the... Really, the the guy who has turned this whole thing around, turned the whole culture around within the Browns organization, and he uh, on the field just he's just always there. If you need him to make a play, he's always there. Need to make a block, he's there. And then off the field, he's just he's a coach. He's a coach for his fellow teammates, and he uh, he's pretty amazing. Overall. It's it's just an incredible feeling as a Browns fan, you know. So much time, so much money, emotions put into this team. Especially for me over my lifetime, you know, they were they left Cleveland in the start of the 95 season and went to Baltimore. You know, and I was only 5 years old, so like to me football, I didn't really know much at all. So I I couldn't really say I was a fan, a huge fan at that time, obviously, I could barely freaking do anything. But just since having grown up and just gone through the growing pains of of that, it's just this, 
it just means everything, you know. It uh, it feels like it's starting to pay off. Just again, all that investment and time and money and watching the team and supporting the team through all of the downs to have this one up is really feeling feeling really good. I'll have a little more about the Browns as I head into my NFL Divisional Round weekend predictions. Uh, and we have another great weekend of football upcoming. So let's get into those predictions. Uh, let's start with Saturday. We've got the Rams at the Packers. I think the Packers win this one. The weather conditions of Lambeau will have an impact on the Rams. I don't know what the weather's going to be, but I know it's going to be cold. If it's snow, if it's any sort of snow or any sort of you know harsh weather like that, I think that's really going to impact the Rams. But I could potentially see the Packers coming out a little sluggish after the bye, after their bye week, and you know the strength strength of the Rams defense. You know they might be able to contain the Packers offense. You know, but I think by the end the Packers win. Although a fun note that I learned watching the Rams game last weekend. Sean McVay in his head coaching career with the Rams is 36 or 37 and 0 when leading at halftime as the head coach of the Rams. So there's something to watch there. And I also know, just having watched the Packers a little bit this season, Aaron Rodgers typically doesn't play super well when they're playing from behind. He doesn't seem to be that quarterback that's going to bring you back into a game if you're down two scores. And maybe I'm ignorant to what the Packers actually do and how good they are, but that's just what I've seen over, you know, maybe not even this year, but just years in general. When they're playing from behind, Aaron doesn't seem to be that guy that to lead you back. But when they're ahead, they can just pour it on. So, uh, so potentially this game could be closer than I even think it's going to be as I'm starting to sit here and talk more about it. But I think the Packers still win still win and go to the uh, go to the NFC Championship game. Then you've got the Ravens at the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills in this one, although it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens somehow come away with the win. I really don't want them to, and I would love to see the Bills in the AFC Championship game. If the Bills' defense can contain the Ravens' running game, I think the Bills win easily. Their offense is clearly good enough to score points, and if their defense can contain the running game of the Ravens, which has been so good over the last, you know, five, five or six weeks, I think they, uh, I think the Bills win, no question there. So hopefully that happens. Uh, and then you got the Bucks at the Saints. I think the Saints win this one. I know they swept the Bucks in the regular season, so beating them for a third time is going to be really difficult. I just think the Saints are overall a better football team. And should win that game. Either way, it should be a really fun matchup having, you know, 43-year-old Tom Brady and 39- or 40-year-old Drew Brees. I think that would be a really fun matchup. And then you've got the Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's surreal to me that the Browns are one of eight teams left fighting, you know, for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Like, that just sounds insane to me. It's also surreal that they're playing the defending Super Bowl champs in Kansas City this weekend. I just I think the Browns were were fortunate to have the Steelers make as many mistakes as they did this past weekend. I don't really expect those same mistakes to happen with the Chiefs, you know, so the Browns are going to have to play an even cleaner game than last week to have a chance, you know. And as a fan, I feel so I feel so at peace with whatever happens this weekend. 
I'm not going in with these crazy expectations that I'm expecting the Browns to to dominate and I'll be so upset if they don't. I mean, do I want them to win? Of course. Yes. Duh. Will I be shocked if they don't? Not really. Not at all. You know, and, and I feel like that's such a, a such a good place to be. It allows me to just enjoy the game and and truly just root for the Browns and not not care so much, you know. I'd much rather have the Browns get knocked out of the playoffs by Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid than Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin. So we're at least in that realm of possibility. And, you know, I think the Browns have a potential to shock the world and upset the Chiefs. You know, I think a lot of people were overlooking them. I saw this morning that they're, the Browns are coming in at 10-point underdogs. So I, I think they can do it. I think what they have on offense is something that the Chiefs haven't really seen this season. I'm speaking specifically with the strength of the offensive line and the running game of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I don't think, I don't know that the Chiefs have seen that from another team this year. So uh, here are my three keys to a Browns victory. They have to play penalty-free football on defense. You know, we, you have to be, and, and this is for any fan, any Browns fan listening to this, the def- the Browns defense is not very good, gives up a lot of points, gives up a lot of yards, and you know you're going to give up points and yards to Pat Mahomes. You know, it's going to happen. So you have to kind of get that out of your head that we should be shutting them down. We just have to not give him extra chances. You know, so if it's a third down and we get a pass interference call and give him a a free first down, you know, he's going to capitalize and make us pay. So, like, they have to play penalty-free football and just hope that they can, you know, get a a, a couple, maybe three, three and outs, you know, and and get get their offense off of the field. And then my second key is the offensive line has to control the line of scrimmage. And Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb control the game. If they can keep Mahomes and company off the field as much as possible, I mean they they have they have that chance. You know the problem will be is if the Chiefs early get up, you know, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing, twenty one nothing, and you know the Browns are better obviously when they're running the football. But they really can only do that a ton when they are ahead, you know. So if they're playing from behind the whole game, they're going to have to pass the ball and don't have much time to run because you're going to run all the, the clock out. So if they if the offensive line can control the line of scrimmage early and get get the ball in the hands of Hunt and Chubb and keep keep the Chiefs offense off the field as much as they can, I think there's a uh, there's a real shot for for the Browns to to do something there. And then my third key to a Browns victory is Kevin Stefanski needs to have a masterful game plan. He has to have his best performance of the year with play calls. He can't get outcoached by Andy Reid, and that's saying a lot. You know, Andy Reid's fantastic. So Stefanski needs to be on his game. I know a couple couple games towards the end of the year, he definitely showed that he was a little more human than I think we all realized with some of his game plans and some of his play calls. So he he has to have, you know, a masterful performance, I think, to uh to make this work. You know, and I'll and I'll add on to that. Baker has to make the throws on third down. 
you have to keep drives alive. You have to keep the Chiefs' offense on the bench. That's that's really like the <laughs> the way to beat the Chiefs is to not allow the Chiefs to have the ball. You know, and the Chiefs' defense is better than it's been over the the past few years. They're better this year, but I still don't think they're su- super great to where. I think the Browns can move the ball and the Browns can score points. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I have this feeling. I think it's going to be a shootout. And unfortunately, a shootout with the Chiefs is not necessarily a recipe for uh, success if you're the opposing team. But, you know, we'll see. Again, I think the Browns kind of have the the recipe or they have the, the pieces in place to challenge the Chiefs in a way that I don't think they've been challenged this year. And they've shown that they're beatable. You know, that game against the Falcons, they could have easily lost that game. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be fun, you know, and I'm sure there are more keys to the game, to their victory, but those are three big ones that kind of stick out to me. It's going to be a true test for Kevin Stefanski and a true test for the defense to to not give up free plays and not give penalties to where you just give Pat Mahomes more and more chances because he, he's going to make you pay for it, you know. But... I think the Browns do it this weekend. I think they shock the world. I think they upset the Kansas City Chiefs, you know. But I'm a realist, and if they don't do any of those things, you know, this season has been such a success with how much they've had to overcome with COVID, with injuries. I'm so happy for my fellow Browns fans and the city of Cleveland. It's it's an amazing time, and it, it really it makes you makes me excited for the future, you know, and what this team can be. To think, to think that they're two way two wins away from the Super Bowl is insane. To think that the Browns are in that conversation, to be that close to the Super Bowl, it's insane. So, go Browns! I'm so excited to watch this weekend, and I don't know. Let's shock the world. <laughs> All right, those are my predictions for this upcoming weekend. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining me. I've got some new gear coming in over the next week or so uh, to hopefully start making this podcast maybe sound a little bit better, make you, maybe make your listening experience a little bit better too. So I'm really looking forward to that, looking forward to continuing to produce content. If you have any questions, if you want to reach out, if you want to talk, if you want to give your, give your thoughts so far on the podcast, feel free to, to message me on Facebook or Instagram email me at meatsaucepod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Stay safe out there and I'll talk to you next week. Bye everybody.